Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 321 of the Girls Gone Wad podcast. Hey, how's it going? Claire, let's do a very special introduction and promote our social at the beginning instead of at the end. Let's make let's <laughs> make a change. from podcasting, Claire, I hope you're listening because this is yeah, all Yeah, I you. hope you're listening because you've inspired us. <laughs> so right now, as you're listening and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be listening to this brand new Girls Gone Wad podcast, you can head to our Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can head to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash girls gone wad. You can shoot us an email, girls gone wad at gmail.com. You can go to our website, girls gone wad podcast.com. Find us in all the places. Get on Instagram stories, tag us, let us know Share where you're your at, what you're doing. Us. Share yeah. your life. Share with your us. life with us. We would love that. We want to know you. We like to hear from you. Thank you in advance for supporting the podcast. I have linked our Instagram account to this episode. So if you go in the show notes, you can link us right to the Instagram page, send us a direct message, send us an email. We love hearing from you guys. So the episode we did two weeks ago, so we're recording this before I go on vacation. So it's a little bit pre-recorded, but we just recorded an episode and you guys will have heard it two weeks ago about the article, um, Smashing the Wellness Industry. We got so many responses that I'd like to kind of go through them. But first and foremost, I'm always going to start with the one that I think kind of hits me in a negative way. And do you know what I'm talking about? Do you? Okay. So, and I struggle with this so much because I too feel the same way. I know there are listeners who are like, why are you guys talking about this? You're just contributing to the problem. You guys are smart, quote unquote, smarter than this. You guys have much more interesting things to talk about. Why are you talking about diet and body still? Like you're still talking about it. And this is just, I've turned off your episode because I just can't stand that you guys are still talking about this. You're just regurgitating the same things. So I'd like to respond to that a little bit because I still, okay, my conflict is I agree with them on some level. I do. I'm like, wow, we've really kind of, this pendulum has really swung to where I feel like in 2019, we have had a lot of episodes where we talk about diet and the diet culture and the things that we're seeing in diet culture and the negative negative crap that's out there. So they do have a point. And that's, I think that's why it bothered me a little bit because I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with you, but... I think it's important to note that if you are one of those listeners that feels that way, I'm going to say something with so much love in my heart, but it's not about, it's not always about that. And it's not just about, I'm not saying you, like you as a person, but it's not, it's not about that we are just stuck on this topic. It's about a huge movement that's affecting people's lives in such a negative way that I feel like we would be doing a disservice if we were to ignore it. Because the letters and the emails that we do receive from people who are like, thank you for talking about this. This was so important to me. I had a lot of aha moments. I think that to me is why we need to talk about it. So I I understand if you're one of those listeners, it's like, God, I cannot hear this regurgitated. Yay for you. Good for you that you probably are not affected by this anymore and you don't need to hear this stuff. So we've been doing 300 and some odd episodes for over six years. And there's always going to be episodes that you're like, tune in out. We do not, we're, we're not naive to think that everyone loves every single episode. So I just wanted to kind of process that really quick. Yeah, I feel like when we get those comments, first of all, they are for the most part, very respectful, very like, hey, I love you girls. And I love this podcast. But like, I feel like we've had this conversation already. And I think Joy, to your point, 
like I applaud the people who feel that way because it means that they have really processed, you know, hopefully means they've processed through their own food stuff and they don't need to have this conversation anymore. And if that's you, then that's awesome. And feel free to go listen to a different podcast. Like so that's just kind of how I feel. Totally. But here's the therapist in me where I'm like, and I'm not saying the people who wrote these comments were are being selfish, but there's a part of me that's like, think outside of yourself for a moment, because this is a bigger issue than what you're seeing in your world. So I would encourage you to listen to this from the lens of people who are struggling. And I know that's just not going to be everyone's lens and forte. I just want to make sure that people are understanding, and maybe I just need to, you know, get over it. But understanding where we're coming from and why we feel the need to talk about it. Because I see it as an issue that other people are really struggling with. In my heart, I want to help people. I want people to feel less alone. And this is something that I feel like accomplishes that when we discuss it. Cool. Um, I so just want to... So here we are. I, uh, I just want to read a couple emails. So thank you for everyone who wrote in with your thoughts and feelings about the article, and then just about what we discussed on the podcast. I'm going to keep everyone anonymous because I just cannot keep track of how many people wanted to use their name or not. So I apologize if you did want your name used. One listener said, I've been listening for a while now, but never written in. But this episode really resonated with me on several fronts. The idea that we can respect our body without being in love with it is basically what saved me from my eating disorder. Did I love gaining weight and love every stage of my body? No, but I respected it. So I fueled it and I continued to fuel it regardless of how my body image changes from day to day. And I think it's kind of like what you were, what you've been talking a lot about too, is like attaching your self-worth to that and how that was a big aha moment for you. I know that a lot of people really connected with that sentiment. Um, another listener wrote in and said, thank you for having the hard conversations in such an open and honest way. Thank you for making me feel like I'm exactly where I need to be when I have to scale down Chelsea to ring dips, knee pushups and box squats. I live in a rural community in Canada, one where women who have too high BMIs cannot give birth as our equipment and doctors are not qualified and help us too far away to attempt in case life-saving measures are necessary. So she goes on to say how she had to have a breast reduction. And then in a world where medical professionals, insurance agents and other professionals use BMI as the number one indicator of health, she's like, "We're so, how are we, so, we're, we're supposed to forget the number on the scale, how when the number two indicator is waist circumference, are we supposed to ignore it? So she talks a lot about how she's gone through the surgery, but also the physician telling her that you need to get out of the category of quote unquote obese, according to her BMI. And she's like, look, the problem isn't just social media influencers, it's universally accepted health markers from actual professionals. Um, she's like, I do CrossFit three times a week. And I can tell you I'm more f and she's ran two half marathons, I can tell you I'm more fit than a lot of skinny people, quote unquote, skinny people. Diet and wellness culture is foolish. But the fact that is it's based on medically relevant information is far more awful. And I could not agree with that more. I think that's really an important thing to note. So a lot of listeners, when they were writing us, were talking about something along these lines of like, look, if you're going to fix the problem with, with the wellness industry, you have to fix the medical profession. And I'm not saying that this is all across the board, because I know a lot of medical professionals will write us and talk about the issues that they uh, struggle with. But there's more that goes into this. And then I don't know if you saw, Claire, a lot of the people that were writing in about like, food that's available in your area and like how you are if you live in a privileged area you're going to have access to better food so it's like it just it's very clear that this is a much more complicated issue with a lot of things that are um kind of 
contributing to it. Yeah, I just will always remember like Jason Kalipa when he was still, you know, big into competitive CrossFit when he he came came out with an Instagram post that was saying that how his life insurance premium went up because his BMI was so high. And he was like, you know, the fact that they're using totally this as like the that. one, yeah, as like the one physical marker that they are going to judge my health by is just ridiculous. And I know a lot of, I've talked to a lot of medical professionals who are the first to admit like BMI as a standalone piece of data doesn't mean anything. Like, yes, it can mean things in relation, you know, just like anything, you have to paint the whole picture. But when you just look at that one number, just like almost any one number about your body in isolation, it's just so meaningless. But I think, you know, to her point, it's like it is, has become the standard of this is how we think about bodies and it has to do with your weight and it has to do with your waist circumference. And so, yeah, then, you know, how are you not supposed to worry about that or think about that, especially mm-hmm. when you're faced with the medical realities of insurance premiums being higher. And and I even felt that like when right after Evie was born, Brandon's health insurance, open enrollment happened, something happened where he, we I could like go in to where he worked and get a health screening in order for our premium. And if I like quote unquote, past the health screening, then our premiums would have gone down. And But I knew I was like, my I, I gave birth three weeks ago. Like my BMI is super high right now. And they're not going to look at the fact that I'm three weeks postpartum. All they're going to see is like my so height and weight. So frustrating. So I didn't so even go. I was like, this is not, you know, I don't want to put myself in that position of having that mind game played where like, this is, this is not telling my body weight right now tells one percent of the story of my health right now right right and it's just yeah i hate that there's not a a big picture and i know that there's movement being made so i want to make sure to especially the listeners that that work in the medical profession it's not it's not just that like i know that there are efforts that are being made and that hopefully there's some shifts that people aren't just looking at bmi for their (laughs) health score but someone else wrote in and said Uh, I just got around to listening to your Diet Culture Harm podcast episode. I totally identified with what Jessica Knoll was talking about. But I went to follow I went to follow Jessica on Instagram and she's a thin, pretty blonde lady. And that's cool, but I feel it's so much harder for me to have the same attitude when I'm a chubby short brown lady. Intuitive eating, body acceptance, healthy at any weight all seem less realistic for me. I diet just to stay a size 14. I'm not even on a super strict diet. I just I'm just trying to not eat out so often and cut out the candy and cookies. Anyway, I don't have a real question, but you talked about inclusivity and getting different perspectives, so I wanted to share my perspective. As a self-described chubby brown girl, I often don't see the wellness industry is talking to me. One day I went to see a chesty ad that shows a big-chested, thick-waisted gal or a pair of noble shoes on someone who is a size 16. And one day we'll have a big gal of color telling me that she's healthy at her current weight while intuitively eating. I started following a site called Nalgona Positivity on Instagram to view more people who look like me and try to start appreciating my body as is. Thanks for putting out fun and interesting content. I love your show. Thank you. That was a great email. I loved that she's like, hey, you guys want to hear about inclusivity and different perspectives? And I love what she said. I think it's, hey, we need to, to call up Nicole who we know Nicole who created the chesty and we should have her be like, Hey, we have a listener who wants to be a model for you. Maybe she doesn't want to be a model, but I'm going to totally volunteer. I volunteered her to be a model. <laughs> we just volunteered you. <laughs> I told her. So I think that one of the, one of the themes of emails that we did receive, 
I think one of the big themes of the emails that we got, I think I feel like there were two main themes. The first one was, you know, hey, I, I really resonated with this article. And then the second one was, you know, this was an interesting conversation, but I do feel like there were pieces that were missing. For and sure. I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, it's important to recognize, obviously, that we we are just addressing the article as it was written. We're not here to, to, to critique every single thing that was missing. But the biggest things that people pointed out were, hey, this is a skinny white lady writing this article, which is something we did actually sort of briefly touch on in our podcast. And then also, hey, you know, you can't talk about this without also talking about the food industry and how the food industry plays into all of this. And, you know, you can't separate the diet industry and the food industry. And I think that's true as well. But I think I would love to talk more about that. It's not something that I personally know a ton about. And but food to me is a huge part of my life and you know being like I consider it to be one of my values and I wish that I maybe not I wish, but I feel like I definitely need to take more time to think about a, really critically how food and the food industry plays more into this issue because, you know, some people brought up like the idea of like food deserts, like, you know, okay, this is all great. But like, you know, if you can't, if you don't have access to healthy choices and your food or you don't have access to even just choices in general, whether it's your budget or your location or whatever, then, you know, how does this all play into that? Like, you know, intuitive eating, just even the concept of intuitive eating is a privilege, you know, the privilege to get to really pick and choose what you eat. And the same way that we've talked about how the privilege of getting to pick and choose how you exercise is something that not everybody has. And even that, you know, even at this point in my life, like I don't even have the time to do that if I wanted to pick and choose what I wanted to do. And so I think that there is a lot of privilege that's inherently included in this topic and in this issue. And it's difficult for us to talk about that because we're on this side of that line. You know, we are experiencing that, you know, through the lens of people who do have that privilege. And so it's great to kind of have that called out. I agree. So is there anything else that you feel like we need to kind of wrap up with that topic or the article? Or can we kind of put this to bed for now? I mean, how have you been? Have you had any other like insights, insights since the episode or even the article, like kind of throughout your life? Like, are there their daily practices? You're like, Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about this differently. I think the biggest thing for me has just been like, kind of giving myself I think the biggest aha that I had from that was that sense of, you know, you don't have to love your body. And you don't have to you know, it's not even like this doesn't even have to be a goal of yours because I've always heard that phrase, you know, you don't have to love your body with a caveat of like, but you should be trying all the time. Like, you know, it's okay if you don't love your body all the time, but like you should, re- here's what you can do to make it so you love it more of the time. Yeah, like, not all the time, but like, like most of the time, like 23 hours a day, right. maybe. <laughs> Exactly. Like, you know, everybody has those days where they don't love their bodies, but like most of the time you should. And that to me is always like, okay, well, I guess I'm just not like trying to love it enough. I guess I'm not just like spending enough mental energy on this. If I really was dedicated to like a healthy mindset, then I would love my body. And so just letting go of that and being like, you know what? I don't have to love it ever. That doesn't have to be on like my my mental to-do list forever. And that has been really nice because I think like I said in the episode, like when I think of things that I love, they are the things that I spend a lot of time thinking about. Right. And so the practice of convincing myself that like I need to love my body meant that I that inherently meant that I needed to spend a lot of time thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And now being like, you know, what, you don't have to love it has given me permission to just stop thinking about it. And that's yeah. really nice. Uh, something that I heard on another podcast recently were 
people kind of talking about like, oh, if I'm thinking about food so much and I'm thinking about it all the time, it's taking up so much brain space. Imagine letting that go of how much free time you'll have. And I get that, but it's also a little bit, that statement always bugs me because I'm like, look, it's... It's not just being like, make that thought go away. I mean, it's truly ingrained so deeply, at least for me, that it truly takes a lot of work and even therapy and hashing out some demons that I think it's it's not just like, oh, I just need to free up some space. Like, trust me, if I had the choice to just turn off the light switch, I would turn off the light switch to be like, stop thinking about it in this way and t- stop letting it take up so much brain space. I appreciate that sentiment and agree that it would be, it will be nice when that is kind of less of the focus that kind of cycles through our minds. But someone can say to me all day long, like, oh, do you want to be on your deathbed or in a nursing home thinking, looking back at your life that you spent so much time dieting and exercising? I'm like, well, of course not, but like sometimes I truly feel like we're given lessons and battles in our lives that we have to work through. So I just, I have a choice, but on some level, I'm like, it's not just this easy choice, yes or no. It's this tangled mess that's going to take some time. But I get Yeah, that. and I think for me, like I, I've been really ready to let that go. Like I think I've done a lot of work yeah, over the last couple of years sure. that has sort of allowed me to think, okay, you know what? Like I have had... In the last four years, I've lived in several completely different bodies. Yeah. And I've had other bodies live in my body. And, you you know, like that's pretty weird. (laughs) Can't think about that for too long. (laughs) Really can't. (laughs) But I think that, like, (laughs) yeah, just nope. Um, But I think. I, so I think to your point, like, you know, it's not like I just woke up after I read this article and was like, great, I'm done worrying about my body now. I have, think I have been <laughs> Oh my in that gosh, place. I'm so glad someone just wrote this article. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, yeah, this is what, this is like the only thing that I needed yeah. to, for, the, yeah, for this to work. I know this is an so extreme yeah, I think example, been, but it's like someone being like to an alcoholic, hey, just stop drinking. And they're like, oh, okay. Never thought of that. Like, it's just Or not. like literally this happens when people are like depressed and someone's like, well, just just, just try to like just try, try to, to do things that make like, you happy and force like, yourself to smile. Oh my gosh. Why didn't I think about doing things oh that make my me happy? Gosh. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I no one yeah, ever told like, me that. That's so weird. Wow, genius idea. So I think but yeah, so I think for me it it was kind of the final piece of the puzzle to realize like throughout all of this I've all you know I've wanted to be able to let that go but I just had this nagging thing in my mind that was like, "But you're supposed to love your body." So like, you can't let that go if you're a real like if you really want to be healthy, you have to love your body. And so I've just been sitting here for years trying to reframe that into like, okay, well, you know, how can I frame my, for years, I've been like, how can I frame my current position in a way that feels true to me so that I can love my body now? And I have turned that Rubik's Cube every possible way and it has never lined up. Like you're trying and to so retrofit to it. Go, you know yeah. what? Yeah. And for somebody to finally go, you know what? That's not the goal anymore. It's like, thank you. I ha- it's it's like, you know, like, do you remember doing like um any like team building exercise or something where you're trying to do something and like they like the counselor knowingly gives you all the pieces except for one to like complete the challenge. Yes. And you're sitting there being like, if only we had a rope. And then they're like 
surprise, I left the rope out. And you're like, thank you. That's how I feel like this went, where I have been like trying desperately and earnestly to like team build with my body this whole time being like, all right, here we go. I'm going to love my body. How can I possibly frame this? And then somebody finally came in and was like, you know what? We changed the goal. Like now you can just like be cool with the body you have and you don't have to love it. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm already there. Yeah. So yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've like continued to enjoy from that article. The only thing that I've been really, really mindful of is the constant reminder about like, hunger's a gift. Hunger's a gift. Hunger's a gift. And I keep that mantra all the time because I'm like, hunger's not a bad thing. Hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that hunger. You just go. You just go, girl. You eat. You're good. It's good. Thank you guys for hanging in there with us on this discussion. I know I don't have to put a disclaimer on it, but I kind of do because we have plenty of episodes to talk about other things, but this just hit a nerve and we're always going to talk about things that are really passionate to us. And I also feel like Claire and I have been through a lot of our own experiences with this, especially over the the past year. And so it's just kind of near and dear to our hearts. And hopefully, hopefully you have found something helpful through listening to this podcast, or it's kind of led you down some other trails, whether it be a book recommendation or reaching out to a therapist, whatever that you need to get that support, because it is very important. And you do not have to be living your life counting and tracking or weighing or looking at numbers and having all of that. Living your life, forcing yourself to have habits that don't feel good to you. Yeah, exactly. Free your mind. Speaking of books, <laughs> I want to talk about the digital minimalism book. Oh, yeah. Are you ready to completely take a right turn? Let's take a right turn. Okay, before we get into Q&A. So last week, I was texting Joy and I was like, you know what? Let's just like stop doing Instagram stories for... So when you guys, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be two weeks ago. Like, let's just stop doing Instagram stories for a little while and just see how it feels. I'm just like, I feel like I compulsively... Anytime I enter a scenario... I'm crafting a post in my brain. I'm imagining, you know, how, how could how could or should I share this with the 10,000, 15, 17,000 other people? And I don't want to live my life wondering how I could frame this moment in a social post or even an Instagram story. And specifically, I find myself when I'm around my kids with my phone in my hand constantly. And I'm like, I just don't want this to be my norm. And so the kind of most immediate way that I thought, okay, here's how we can kind of trim this back is with Instagram stories. And we've already cut way back on posting on Instagram in our feed. Mm -hmm. We only post a couple of times a week. We aren't doing, you know, a ton of curated stuff, but Instagram stories, I still, we both still have been doing a lot. And so we're like, all right, let's just try this out. And so far it's been great. It definitely cuts down on the amount of interaction we're able to have with you guys. And so that we're kind of trying to figure out like what's the balance there. But the reason I came, I had this, have been having this thought process was I listened to a podcast on the outside magazine podcast, which typically I don't love that podcast. The host isn't my favorite, but this particular episode was hosted by someone different. So I liked it. And it was about, they interviewed the guy who wrote this book called Digital Minimalism. And his name is like Cal something, Calvin, Cal something. I feel like this is another issue in my life that I'm like ready to tackle. And 
prior to having Evie, I was really working on, you know, my screen time timer on my iPhone. And I was like really trying to cut back. I was setting limits. And then when I had Evie, I just took any restrictions away from myself. I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to make myself feel bad for sitting on my phone because I'm isolated in this room with a baby all night, all day and all night long. But now that she's four and a half months, I feel like, okay, it's time to kind of like bring it back in. So I listened to this interview. I really liked the interview. I would highly recommend it. Then I started listening to his book. I feel like you get the key points from the book in the interview. So if you don't want to listen to like seven hours of a book, the narrator's not great. Just listen to the interview. But it's all about the way that our phones and apps are literally designed to create like a slot machine effect where you feel like just literal mental compulsion to constantly be checking your phone. And that the iPhone, you know, Steve Jobs did not create the iPhone to be a mini computer in your pot in your pocket with a hundred different apps. He created it to combine your cell phone with your iPad or your iPod. That was it. It was supposed to be a phone and a music player. It was never supposed to have all this other crap in there. You know, maybe a couple other tools like a calculator or whatever, but like it wasn't supposed to be just like a tiny computer that you are glued to all the time. So I've been thinking about that a lot and I've just been trying to come up with practical ways for myself to kind of step away from being on my phone all the time. And it's hard because with the podcast, like that's how the biggest way that we interact with you guys and we want to keep that. But also like how can we have boundaries around that? So I'm working on that. There's I love this the, phone. There's there's like a um I'm gonna butcher this like study, but I'm sure there's it's been stated in like ten different articles quoted where I guess there's people in Silicon Valley or people who work for Apple who won't even give their kids an iPhone because they they know how addicting how addictive it is and how that affects pe- people's brains and they're like it's just like cocaine and I'm sure that's you know I mean it kind of feels that addictive it feels like the like you said it perfectly like the, the compulsion to reach for your phone or all of a sudden now that we've crafted in our minds that from one phase of our day to another we are looking for ways to document that onto a social media platform which is so weird to me because ever since I'll finish what you were going to say, but I I, like ever since we kind of decided to stay off stories, I've been noticing like, oh, I don't need to document this. I need to experience this. And I love documenting for the sake of of connecting with our audience because I really enjoy that. I love when people write us. I love when people respond to us. But is that part of the addiction where you're like, oh, what are people saying? And you want feedback, 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 like you're constantly getting feedback. Right. And there's that like, I mean, he kind of, he goes into it in the book and he talks about a little bit in the outside podcast interview about how like that notif, just like this, the feeling of getting a notification, it's a reward. How, you know, seeing a notification when you get on an app literally is a reward. That's what you're going for. That's what you want. You know, when, fa- when the Facebook, when fa- the Facebook, when Facebook was invented, the like button wasn't even there. It wasn't, ori- it was you originally know, these- the Facebook, right? They dropped right. the. That's true. <laughs> But, you know, the the ability to like and interact with people's posts was a later, even that was a later, yeah. you know, invention. Yeah. And, but just that, you know, constantly searching for notifications and, con- and, and new content is another type of reward. You know, you get on your feed and say, okay, what's new from 90 seconds ago? And all of those things light up the reward center in your brain and, you know, not unlike drugs or not unlike, you know, any other vices. And -hmm. I think to your point, you know, the people who are really like the most the closest to this are the ones who are the most concerned. And I think that's, you know, should be telling. So there and then so there's this phone on Indiegogo right now. It's called like the light phone. And it's just a phone. It's like send, make calls, send texts. That's it. And 
and I was like, oh, we should get this phone. And then the, and then I was like, you know what? If I can't even have enough self-control to like delete the apps, I'm like, I have a thousand dollar freaking iPhone. I don't need to buy another piece of equipment if I can't even control. Like I don't have enough self-control to not open my apps when I have my phone in my pocket. But I can see that. Like I think if you're, I feel like if you have it around, it's just like, it's temptation. That's the thing is like, I want to that it to not be that though. And so part of me is like, do I get like a flip phone? But it is the biggest thing that I'm struggling with is Instagram because Instagram is the only thing that doesn't have like a true desktop equivalent. I mean, like Facebook, I'm not on Twitter or anything like that, but like Facebook, email, you know, Pinterest, those are the big ones that I use on my phone. All of those I can just as easily do on my computer and I'm not as compulsively on my computer. And so it's like if I sit down and I want to visit those sites, that's a lot more intentional. And I'm not saying that I want to cut these things out of my life completely. I'm just saying I want to stop compulsively using them. Sure. And so Instagram's the hardest one right now because I can't figure out what the hack is to use that in a way because you can't post from desktop. That's the only thing. So I'm kind of like, okay, how do we maintain this so that I could take Instagram like off my phone? I don't know. I tried um, taking it off my home, home screen. It's like in yeah. a folder, like oh, several swipes like, away. I still through. get yeah. to it. So, okay. So what is the, it. this is me thinking like human behavior. Like what's the reward you're getting from Instagram? I enjoy using Instagram. I like seeing people's pictures. I like, but I, you know, I like getting on there and interact with people. I like posting my stuff from my family. I think I tell myself like, oh, the reward I'm getting from Instagram is that connect, that feeling of connection. I feel like that's where, you know, people connect with us the most by far. I mean, we're not as, you know, connecting with people on Facebook. I feel like we could get rid of our Facebook and kind of no harm, no foul. But, you know, based on the amount of interaction we have there is pretty low. It's Instagram. Like, that's really where people go to feel like they are getting to know us. And I want people to feel like they're getting to know us. And I want to have that. So and I think for myself personally, like it's where I, you know, connect with other moms. And like, I, you know, there's just a lot of person-to-person interaction that I really enjoy and I want to have, I just don't want to feel like I need it or that I'm like compulsively reaching for it without even thinking about it. Yeah, I totally understand. I feel like that is the compulsion because it feels like everything's, we're always kind of looking for the thing that, that where everyone else is. And I think that's why Instagram is so tempting because like that's where everyone else is. So you don't want to have FOMO. You don't want to like miss any big news. You don't, I don't know. It's just so interesting to watch that because I'm the same way. And I think Instagram's like, that's the culprit for me would be Instagram. But I'm also really guilty of like checking all the platforms to see if I've missed anything. And I don't love it. And I think I've stated this before that it's just not making me feel great. So I've been, I love that we've done a a stories cleanse, but I just texted you today where I was like, I kind of miss interacting with people. And you're like, let's just give it another week. I'm like, yeah, cool. I can do that because it's also, I want to understand why I miss interacting with people. Is it because I just want to keep getting that feedback or is it truly that we want to hear from our listeners, but people can email us, but I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think it's specifically one thing, but it's definitely keeps me going back to see what people are saying. I think it's really smart to maybe contain it to one hour of the day or like 30 minutes in the morning and then 30 minutes a night or something along those lines, kind of like where they say, don't don't check your email throughout the day 
check your email in increments where it's there's some boundaries around it. So I think that's another thing too. But it's just like, what are you going to stick to? And the other thing is, it's a reward. So we as humans are going to keep doing things that feel good for us. And that obviously feels good for us, whether it be that you want to check out, whether you just want to kind of turn off your brain and you're just scrolling, whatever the case may be, I think it's worth finding out to see what you do without it. And so that's been really helpful. Like whenever, like the day, the things throughout my day where I'm just really trying to relax, like being at home or walking JT where I'm like, just don't bring your phone out. Like enjoy the scenery, enjoy the trees. Uh, I have a vacation coming up and part of me is like, oh, but I want to share like what I've been doing. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I will, but I, that will not be a priority. I want to experience my vacation. That's a good one. I, I like that you started doing that because it's like we can kind of get caught up in that feed and especially, especially as the podcast world just continues to blow up that we, I know that for, I don't know if you felt this way, but for the longest time, like when things were starting to really ramp up in the podcast world, it felt so much like we had to be like keeping up with the Joneses and being like, we have to keep up with our social media. We have to keep on this treadmill with everyone else because we don't want to lose rankings or we don't want to get behind. We want to keep up with everyone else. And we kind of quickly realized that it's not about that. Like our audience is our audience. And it doesn't really matter how many more people find us like they're going to find us or not. And we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Well, and I think too, like, I, I can't remember if I talked about this in the podcast or if I talked about it on the um, podcast panel that we did at House of Pod recently. But it was like, there's this story that went viral about this quote unquote influencer who had like 2 million followers and couldn't sell 30 t shirts. And so, you know, that type of thing. But all of her pictures probably have hundreds of thousands of likes, but that doesn't always mean anything. And I think that that, to me, was really telling where it was like, okay, we're we're out of the phase where social media is a novelty. And now we're into the phase where, like, I think more and more people are going to – are starting to – take a step back and realize like, wow, I'm not comfortable with the way that I've been using social media thoughtlessly. And I want to be more intentional about it. And I, you know, I, I recognize that it's sort of a necessary part of our society. It really is like it's a part of our culture now, a big part of our culture. And, you know, the the answer isn't to just like get a flip phone and, you know, go live in a cave. But I think more and more people are starting to feel like, okay, wait a minute, you know, I've been using social media now for 10 years. And what used to be sort of just like a fun little side, you know, thing that I checked a couple times a week is now something that I'm spending double digit hours on every single day. I think it's so interesting to watch. I love watching the evolution of social media. And so what I also see is people kind of rising against it and being like, we aren't going to put up with this. Kind of like the the wellness culture stuff and how people are kind of, you know, creating accounts to promote healthy images, real images, I should say, real people images. And or I've even heard, I'd be interested to know, to know if listeners out there have teenagers who are swearing off social media or aren't on social media. I've heard that as well with some of our high schoolers where it's like, you you just don't use social media. That's kind of the new cool thing to do is be like, I don't do social media. It's like, oh, I love that. I love that kid. <laughs> so it may be swinging the other way too, where it's going to be there, but then there's going to be the cool kids who are like, I don't do Facebook. I don't do Instagram. That's lame. And all the girls are going to be like, oh my gosh, you know that guy? He's so mysterious. He's not even on social. <laughs> it's so great. So we'll see. But I'm just kind of sitting back and watching. But I love it's like, as we get more familiar, and as more content kind of like flies towards us, we get to decide now, like, hey, we have control over this. Um, Okay, 
Let's move on to some questions and then we will end the episode for this week. It's so funny as we're recording this, I'm like, when this comes out, I'll be in Hawaii. I wonder what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) Okay. One of our listeners said, have you ever, have either of you ever dealt with insomnia? And if so, how did you manage it? Have you ever had insomnia? You're like a night owl, but you don't have insomnia, right? No, I don't. I mean, I'll definitely have like certain nights where I have a hard time falling asleep, but it's not like chronic the way insomnia is chronic. Yeah. And I would say for for folks who deal with insomnia, like actual diagnosed insomnia, I feel for you and I hope you're getting help. I've never had insomnia. I do know if you have insomnia and you're looking for treatment, I know one of the evidence-based treatments is CBT for insomnia, CBTI. So it's Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia is one of the highly researched treatments if you are looking for uh, some other alternatives to sleeping pills. Okay, I am loving the memes Claire's finding and posting. She totally gets me. So that was when you were doing more social media posting or stories posting, like the memes posting, which you're not doing right now. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. To, I'm not. And that was one of the big, biggest things. I was like, people are going to miss my memes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fine. to handle that. It's going to be fine. How to keep up with fitness goals while working an emotionally intense job. So I would say fitness goals. I would wonder what your fitness goals. If I was super, super stressed out at work, I would make it a point to take a walk over lunch. I actually try to do that right now with JT, A, because JT has to go outside, and B, it forces me to step away. And also, I would encourage this listener to, you know, if you're prioritizing fitness and like feeling guilty about it, you know, you want to kind of reevaluate that. Like fitness isn't, fitness in terms of like working out and going to like a workout class isn't always going to be the one thing that you can do to stay active. I think it's just important to be like, take a stroll around your building, take some deep breaths outside, try to get outside if you can, try to take your breaks because work stress is really, really such a bummer. And I feel like that can really bleed into other areas of your life. But I don't want to be like, oh, just make fitness a priority because I don't think that's like a good answer. I don't think it's super realistic. Like if I am super busy or emotionally taxed at work, taking a walk is just great. That's it calms you down. It's not stressing your body out. I feel like it checks all the boxes. So I would say during that time, if you're just going through an emotionally tense time, like try to just scale back on like putting the pressure and the expectations on yourself to like do a fitness routine. I think too, like if you are just have an emotionally intense job period, like you just are in whatever your career is, is an emotionally intense one. Try to find a workout for you that does actually feel like a break. Like I remember when I was doing CrossFit a lot and I was having a really, you know, if I was having a stressful day at work, sometimes the intensity of CrossFit was too much for me. Like it was too much stimulation because then I would go to CrossFit and I would like feel worried about, you know, how hard is this workout going to be? And I just needed something where I felt like I could go in and like really just not add more stress. And so think about, you know, what could you do if it's running so you don't have to make it to a class or if it's yoga because it's really, you know, find like a really like gentle yoga class. Or if it is something more intense where you're like, I really crave that intensity because it forces me to turn my brain off. Like that was something that I really enjoyed about CrossFit when we first started it. Find something that feels like a break. And if what you're doing now doesn't feel like a break, you know, explore some other options. Let's see. I am going to the CrossFit Games for the first time this year. Yay! How do I meet up with you? Oh, I will say that while we're at the Games, it's pretty 
much a guarantee that you're going to see us roaming around. (laughs) But we will likely be posting where we're going to be. We'll very likely be posting stories. So you'll see us throughout the day of where we are. And that being said, the service at the venue is really bad. Yeah, it's not great. Hopefully, I feel like last year it was a little bit better. But you can always send us a direct message and be like, hey, what are you guys planning to do today? We'll respond. I promise. We do a lot of hanging out at Vendor Village. Yeah, and we do it. We did do some meetups last year where we posted the day before so that people would know ahead of time in case the service at the venue wasn't very good. I feel like we thought the service this past year was better because a bunch of our vendor friends let us hook up to their Wi-Fi. I don't think that the service <laughs> itself was actually any better. That's I think true. we just figured it out. That's so true. don't necessarily, yeah, don't necessarily plan on looking at our stories when we're there. But we will definitely have meetups at a couple. Probably we'll do like a meetup with the Chesty. We'll probably do, um, you know meet up like with just some of our favorite brands and anytime you see us if you see us this goes for any time in the wild when you see us especially at the CrossFit Games though if you see us feel free to just like with reckless abandon come sprinting towards us yelling oh my god Jane Claire yeah, we please. would love that oh it makes me so happy Brittany is back how do we feel about her current state oh my gosh someone also messaged us and was like is Brittany okay I just love her I don't know if she's okay but I love her so much on her Instagram I'm like you just you are you and no one is youer than you, Brittany. That's that's where I feel about Brittany right now. And I just hope she's okay. She looks okay. She's just working out and shooting some fitness videos. And I just, I love her so much. Like, I just feel like there's a part of me that wants to be like, no, she's not okay. But I have so much love in my heart for that girl that I'm just like, you got to be okay. And you just keep doing those fitness videos and I will support you. Exercise makes you happy. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. Okay. By the way, I've been watching the new (laughs) Big Little Lies on HBO and oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, Reese's character says she talks about her daughter going to college and she's she's like she got da, 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 on her SATs and I'm like oh my gosh she is Elwood's in the scene right now and then she's also <laughs> talking to a guy named Warren and she's like Warren I'm like oh my gosh she's totally like legally blonde there's so many lines that she said in this episode of Big Little Lies where I'm like she's totally Elwood's right now I cannot not see it it's so funny I love it ha- I saw this I have never seen that show but I really want to watch it but I saw this meme that was like can we just all agree that Big Little Lies is basically just five of our favorite actresses standing around for an hour going well we'll see about that (laughs) it's totally true (laughs) it's totally true and they have like oh my god they have so many great actresses on that show that you just want to watch them that's why i love it so much i know i've said this before but scott doesn't understand it i'm like it's all the best actresses i love them What's the future for the podcast? Any new plans on the horizon? Well, yes, there are. And we will tell you about them at a later date. We have some plans. We haven't completely ironed out a ton of the details, but there will be some shifts down the road. Can TDC rap like Marky Mark? I really hope so. Uh, I would love to see TDC rap. If we ever meet him, we just are going to have so many questions. So many questions. I feel like he is going to run the other way. Maybe not. I feel like he might give us a hug. He's a hugger. Maybe he's got a cute dog. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how those things are related. Um, Can I tell the story about the (laughs) the golden doodle that I pet today? Yes, please. Um, so I was at, I was in Denver and I was walking around and I was walking to the park and this girl with this super cute 
golden doodle puppy, which golden doodle puppies look like Muppets. Like there's oh, everything about so them cute. is just so Muppety. Like it's mm-hmm. like, how are they not, how are they even upright? Like they just have mm-hmm. no coordination. Oh and God. they were walking towards me and the dog was so excited to see me and he was like wiggling all over and then he laid down because he was so excited. He wanted me to pet him. Oh. And the owner was like, the owner was like, oh, you know, come on. She doesn't want to pet you. And I just was like, uh, excuse me. Clearly, I want to pet your dog. Please get out of the way. I, you don't know me. You don't know me. And first of all, I don't know what's cuter. I don't think there's anything cuter than a dog who sees you and immediately lays down. I've had dogs do that when JT and I are approaching them. And it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. It's almost like their way of being like, I'm nice. Please pet me. I Can we be friends? It's like the cutest thing. It's so cute. <laughs> And I get it. Like, you know, the, I think the owner was just was sort of her way of being like, oh, you know, you don't have to stop. Like, and I, but I was like, um, excuse me. I will literally take any excuse to pet a puppy. Yeah. Please, please don't pretend like you don't want me to uh, pet your dog. Or yeah, pre- will... please don't pre- pretend like I even have a choice here. I have to pet your animal. Yeah. It was the best. I will stop traffic to pet animals. Yeah. Yes. That's so funny. Okay. Well, I hope I'm having a lovely time in Hawaii right now. <laughs> Hi, future joy. Hope Hello, you're having future fun. joy. And uh, I cannot believe the games is coming up. So yes, we will be going to the games. If you're going to the games, please send us a message and we would love to do a meetup. We are likely going to do some in Vendor Village at some of the sponsor booths, but who knows? Maybe we'll do a happy hour. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Might be at Brandon's parents' house, but that's fine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Big big barbecue (laughs) at the parents' house. Yeah. We almost did that last year. I know, except, yeah, and then, but then his grandma, like, I don't remember, something about Brandon's grandma. <laughs> you know what, I feel, like, I feel like Brandon's grandma would actually love a barbecue meetup. Yes. She would rock it. I mean, I think she would. Well, let's just yeah. say Brandon's stepmom would love to host a podcast she party. She really would. I mean, she, she would roll out the red carpet, hosting. let's be honest. She would. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope you're 